Creative Brain Candy by Creators for Creators. How you doing, Sergeant Bacon? Well, let me just tell you, I uh, just got home from the bar. <laughs> if you can't and tell. It's, it's going to be good. <laughs> just had the uh, coaches meet. meet. <laughs> yeah. and, uh, that's, that's right, kids. After you get done sucking at your sport, the coaches are, are we, at the bar having a draft. We're telling you. We're talking about how bad you sucked. While having a draft. <laughs> of course. You're listening to Eyes Forward March, a podcast geared towards building the core of the non-commissioned officers. Heat up your MRE, crack open a cold rippet, and join your platoon daddies, Sergeant Bacon and Sergeant Seaguard, as they continue to build networking skills, have some laughs, uplift morale, and talk about daily issues soldiers face. Let's begin. Uh, Before we get into whatever episode this is going to be, we haven't named it yet. We're going to have to figure that out. Uh, Let's go ahead and do some content pimping. Yeah. Who are we pimping today? Uh, So... There is a new podcast, which we have not talked about with the Creative Brain Candy Network. Now, you remember Bad Gamers Not Anonymous, (laughs) or no, (laughs) Bad Gamers Non-Existent. Bad Gamers, we fucking fired everybody. (laughs) Uh, I mean, hey. I think it's still an option if you want to, if you enjoy video games and you want to get into podcasting, that is an option. You can go to Creative Brain Candy, click apply and say, hey, I'm interested in giving a whack at bad gamers, non-existent. Uh, But there is a new video game podcast on the network. It is called The Video Game Lounge. Video Game Lounge. I have seen it on Apple. I have not seen it anywhere else, not that I have looked, but they are brand new. They only have two episodes out. By the time this airs, they might have three or four. Who knows? I can't tell you what it's about other than <laughs> Video I, do games. Know, I do know that the premise is a couple of people that get together, talk about video games while drinking beer. Oh, so, fuck. yeah, so they're not like they're not doing like reviews. They're just drinking beer and discussing video games. So, I don't know. That might be cool. Maybe. Give it a listen. Yeah. Check out the Video Gamers Lounge on the CBC Network. Video Game Lounge. Yeah. Coming from the face of the place. The eyes of the forward march. <laughs> the eyes. Why is everything starting with the... I, you're you're a I happy think, guy today. <laughs> I. You know what? I think I think you get a lot more prestige right like if people are like i attended ohio state oh here we go again but if you're like i attended the ohio state uh so as always the mailbag is empty so shall we get into the meats and the potatoes the bacons and the cigars the bacons that again 
we need to come out with the bacon scented and the cigar scented EFM combat thong. Yes. Let us know if you would be a presenter of the goods. If that's something you would wear, let us know. We might work a little harder to make that happen. Bringyourpanties.com. <laughs> that domain may already be taken. And if it's not, I may buy it. Who knows? So, hey, yeah. let's talk about a little bit of Army news. Let's, okay. I don't know, just Google Army news and see what's out there. All right. Okay. So I've taken yeah. the liberty to find a few articles that I think might be interesting to talk about. And I have them up on my screen and I just want to kind of run them by you and have a little bit of a discussion. Something we don't, you know, sure. it's kind of out of the ordinary, off the beaten path. Yeah. Something different. Something uh, first up in the uh, news feed, uh, just recently, the army has authorized female soldiers to wear ponytails in all uniforms. Oh. Now, I know you're aware because since this has gone into effect, you've had a drill just like I have. So you're probably used to seeing females now wearing ponytails. And I want to preface this with just the month prior, I feel like maybe two months, they were allowed to start wearing earrings. And they, I mean females, obviously. So you go from allowing earrings in uniform and then immediately following ponytails. Now, there are some things like obviously the ponytail cannot extend past the bottom of the shoulder blades while standing at the position of attention. So there yeah. are there, there's probably a few females that might look like they're pushing the limits, but when you stand at attention you're a little bit stiffer and the hair might come up. So, I mean, that's kind of hard to judge unless the ponytail is obviously halfway down your back or all the way down to your butt. But that's besides the point. I guess what right. I want to do is ask you, Sergeant Bacon, what do you think about this change in the regulation to, to, to female hair standards? Well, of course. You know, I have something to say. Of course. That's why I asked. Yeah. So, working in the maintenance field, I'm a little torn because ponytails, rotating engine devices, fans, water pumps, belts, etc., are um, historically traps to catch long-haired uh, individuals. Sure. Right. That's kind of like when you go out into the field, if you're in a gun truck, if you're in a turret, probably should not be yeah. wearing a ring. Unless it's like maybe one of those breakable rubber band rings, you probably should not those, wear a ring. <laughs> yeah. A jelly ring. They're all things that, you know, when you're out in the field, they're all things that could get caught on something. So over probably, I'd say the last 17 years, I wear my ID tags on my belt in my pocket so mm -hmm. that as I'm working on equipment, I don't get those caught and ripped off of me. Now, a ponytail is much more <laughs> gruesome when, when that gets caught in the fan belt and ripped off of your head, <laughs> you know, yeah. 
because I mean, I think you're not responsible. that if you're a female mechanic or you're a female that is specifically working on a job that there might be a catch hazard, I would think that you'd be like, okay, hey, I'm going to put my hair up. You would think. Uh, yeah. I mean, there's it's, it's the same thing, comma. you know, oh, I'm going to play gun truck. Uh, I'm going to be working in a turret. Oh, crap. I got, I, yeah, screw it. I, I don't want to lose my ring. It'll stay on my finger. And then, and then you lose your finger, whatever. Exactly. Uh, it's a new thing. So people are going to uh, push the limits, push the boundaries. I've seen multiple uh, female soldiers with ponytails that are outside mm-hmm. of the below the shoulder regulation. Oh, and yeah. How yeah. dare you? So I will say personally, it. it's a change and i'm not sure that i like the change i don't necessarily think that the loose ponytail or or i don't think it looks as professional but that's because i'm not used to it and it's change right and change is the one thing that everybody fears but we can't control so we get angry we get upset we have our opinions but but let me talk about the key changes uh, hair will be neatly and inconspicuously fastened or secured in either a bun, single ponytail, or two braids, or in a single braid. Multiple locks, braids, twists, or cornrows, cornrows, I want to make sure that I pronounce that correctly, may come together into one or two braids or a single ponytail. Braids and singular ponytails may be worn down in the center of the back in all uniforms, but length will not exceed past the bottom of the shoulder blades while at the position of attention. There's no minimum length for wear of the ponytail or braid. It also states that commanders have the ability to analyze the risk of free hanging ponytails or braids and use their discretion to determine if long hair will be secured or tucked inside the uniform top. Now it says commanders, but I think that's also going to have to apply to NCOs and senior NCOs. They're going to have to make the decision. Yeah. Like you said, hey, we're working with moving spinning parts that will grab that hair. It's a safety risk. Put it up. Uh, so... It's weird. It's a change. And I know that, uh, you're like you said, soldiers are going to push the boundaries. They're going to push the limits on the earrings that they're wearing on their ponytail. Well, now it's, now it's authorized. And and I kind of have to look at that from the other perspective too. If they did change, uh, cause at one time, I think it was uh, Sergeant major of the army daily who was talking about the plausibility of allowing men to wear beards. Now they have allowed exception to policies for, um, what is it? Um, Norse pagan and, uh, Muslim religions. I, I, I think that you can get, uh, an exception to policy for, for that. But I think men would do Uh the same thing. If the army came out and said, hey, all right, men, you can grow a beard. It has to be neatly trimmed. It has to be less than an eighth inch long or whatever the regulation are or or whatever the regulation is. I think that men are going to do the same thing. They're going to push the limit. Right. 
and they're going to say, well, I think this looks neat and trimmed, but I'm saying it looks like scraggly as shit. Like, I, I, it looks like your fucking oh, ball dude. sack exploded all over your face. Here's your lawnmower 2.0. Uh, can fix your face and then your balls. Yeah. No, guys, guys, 100% will take advantage of any relaxed grooming standards that are allowed. It's for the sole fact of, I would say, equality, right? Like, why, why, why not? Female soldiers can have a six-foot ponytail. Why not? Why not me have a full beard? Right, sure. In look like a Viking uh, Raider. I don't know off you know. the top of my head, and I'm not looking at what the beard standards are. If you're allowed uh, to, if you're able to get an exception of policy, uh, without looking that up, but I know that it has to at least be neatly groomed. I don't know what the length is, but we have that issue with hair. How many uh-huh. soldiers come to guard, and their hair? Right. Technically, it probably was is is within standard as far as length, but it doesn't look professional. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, a couple years ago, I had a soldier had AT, only medic we had, had to brief the colonel. And the haircut that individual had looked like <laughs> razor exploded right. on a shit storm. It was just a mess. It was just horrible. And I'm like, understand your briefing the brigade right. commander in two hours. I guess apparently, and I can kind of see this when we look at maybe why they decided to lax on the the female hair standard. Okay, because a lot of people want to say that, oh, we're catering to females and they're sensitive or whatever other. I've heard several different reasons. But an article in this particular article that I'm reading, they point out that there actually is medical conditions that come to life. And I, I, I probably, actually, this one doesn't specifically say what the medical condition is but they mention it uh that because a woman has her hair pulled back so tight so constantly um it 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 causes hair loss and damage to the scalp and i can kind of see that because uh you can tell people who wear hats for a living like dudes you you see dudes men who wear hats every single minute of the day they tend to go bald. They tend to lose hair. Yeah. I've worn a bald cap basically the last entire entirety of my life. So uh, I don't I don't feel that contributed to my male pattern of baldness. <laughs> there's a, there's, However, there's comma, a, there me. is a chance. Uh, do you have anything else that you want to add to the new standard? Any thoughts, opinions, concerns, or do you want me to throw the dart at another topic? What What else you got on the uh, the old? So, have you ever heard of? Uh, and this is, I know that you're not a super technology type guy. Yeah, but have you ever heard of smart? OI, I'm sorry, smart. IOT. Smart. IOT. 
sound like Heart Attack OS or? Nope. Okay. Then no. Uh, it's technical. So IOT, capital I, lowercase o, capital T. It stands for the Internet of Things. Okay. So the, the webs, the interwebs on the line is so big and so many things connect to it that as a generic broad term, they just call it the internet of things, devices that connect to the internet. So this was an article that was released towards the end of May. It says that the army wants teleworkers, whether they're active, reserve, guard, contractor, civilian employers, anybody who teleworks in the military that works for the DOD, they want you to switch off all IOT devices while you're working. Hmm. So that basically means turning off your, your echo dots and anything that can listen to you, Siri, Google, Android, whatever, anything that listens, tracks, anything, they want you to turn it off. And this is a push to protect DOD information and systems. Okay, it's not a bad idea because if you're at home and you're working and you're on your government computer and maybe you're even using your cell, your government cell phone or whatever, you're having conversations, you're doing things, theoretically all your devices are listening in to what's going on. Got it. Okay. But how many people do you know? Let's let's get away from teleworking and let's just bring it right into the office. Okay. How many people do you know that have their cell phones on them at all times, their their smartwatches, and and even your your desk jockeys who might have a, a an Echo Dot or a, some sort of smart device that connects and plays music. Oh yeah. So I can tell you in our shop um we don't have any uh echo dots or alexas or hey google's but we have a lot of smart speakers and those kinds of items as you know we have a younger um, generation moving in to the shop right yeah and so i mean maybe they want to listen to uh, their music or mm-hmm. maybe they're listening to Eyes Forward March podcasts. Maybe. Highly doubtful. Something different. Maybe. Who knows? But we we don't have anybody in the shop specifically saying, hey, uh, hey Alexa, play uh Eyes Forward March or Guns N' Roses or something like that. Right. Yeah. You don't have anybody that's saying, you know, like I have my cell phone and everybody knows I'm an Apple user. I have my cell phone sitting on my desk and I go, hey, and I'm not going to say the name. Everybody knows it because if I say it, my phone is going to turn on right now and ask me what I want to know. But the fact is, is that your smartwatch and your, your cell phone, they're always listening. Always always listening always so listening. how far away are we from saying hey 
while you're at work, while you're at drill weekend, cell phones in the car, we're going, we're, I mean, how do we adapt to that kind of change to say, Hey, we're here doing our guard thing and to protect our information, no more cell phones, no more smart watches, none of that stuff. You want to listen yeah. to music? Uh, I, I guess you're going to have to dig in your old tub and find your iPod from 2003 that doesn't connect to the internet. Actually, um, at the brigade level, like myself, we, we do this quite frequently. Uh, so we have a, uh, it's called the COVID. Combined operations, whatever. In order to go into the COIC, you must have a security clearance, and anything that's charged with a USB device has to leave and be left at the guard shack. So, what smartwatches, phones, uh, etc. Um, right. <clears throat> so. In order to even enter the COIC, you you have to basically be uh, technology technologically sterilized. This is maybe the right, right. word. <clears throat> um. So your phone goes in a little box, and uh, you receive thirteen thousand text messages over the weekend because your phone is in the box. And that's life when you're in the coic. Okay. I have, I, I've not heard that term, but I know what you're talking about. Similar. We have something similar. Okay. Uh, but here's my thing. Uh, back a few years ago, there was, and I think Google, you can still do it. I don't know if you can still do it with Apple devices. Maybe you can. I don't know. I'd have to look. But they used to have the ability where or or you as anybody in the world could go and you could look at what they called heat maps. And heat maps showed GPS pings from all the devices. And this is actually how when we were like really big uh, in uh, Kuwait and Iraq and Afghanistan, the enemy was able to locate our bases because all they had to do is go to these heat maps and they would see this just mass GPS ping in this one location. So if you're going to this secure area and you take off your watch and you take out your phone and and you have all these heat pings just randomly show up at this one location and maybe they show up at this one location every single month mm-hmm. it you can kind of figure out figure out something's going on there yeah so it's not necessarily even that our technology is listening to us it is tracking us. The the enemy is is tracking us some way, somehow. So I guess, 
you know what it is what it is right mm-hmm. i mean you know you, who knows if uh 200 people are gathering for a drill weekend at this location or if it's just uh the town a big town family that gets together who knows right right if somebody wants to know they're gonna find out they're gonna know but what we're trying to do or what the dod is trying to do is say hey let's try to eliminate the possibilities of these smart home devices right listening in and gathering intel and i think that it's going to eventually be stepped up to the point where uh you're you're probably not going to be able to have a smart watch you're probably not going to be able to have your cell phone right and if your family wants to contact you during guard weekend for an emergency, then they need to know the armory number or Red Cross number or the commander's desk or something to get a hold of you. They're not going to be able to just call you directly and say, Hey, uh, I'm not feeling good. I'm going to the hospital or, or my, or my, Right. My, I'm going into labor now or anything like that, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, all legitimate things that have happened over a drill weekend. Right, yeah. So, no. No, I, I mean, I just think it's interesting that technology has been our friend uh, and we've grown so accustomed to this technology assisting us and making our life easier. But now we're starting to look at technology as our enemy yeah and and i don't understand how leadership is going to communicate with the force without having a a group chat or something of that nature because we've become so dependent on having our formation having our 30-minute plan but we all know that the the situation changes two minutes after we put out the 30-minute plan. And now soldiers are like, what, t- what time do we form up in the morning? What time is closing formation? What time is X, Y, and Z? And, right. And that's a learning curve. Yeah. I mean, when me and you got into the guard, we didn't have cell phones. I I remember like clockwork. I knew that I knew what I knew what my drill weekend was because I had a drill letter. Yeah. And I knew that approximately this time, 10 days before drill, I should have been expect I'm expecting a leader's call on because I'm still living with my parents then. I'm expecting the house phone to ring at this time. I guarantee you that's my leader's call. Yeah. You know, I just knew that. And I I think that that's probably what it's going to have to get back to. I'm not saying that everybody's going to have to get a landline, but I think that it's going to have to get to that point where, hey, this is your leader's call. I'll talk to you at drill. And then when I'm at drill, we're going to communicate either old school radio okay. or, or, or we're going to talk face to face. 
breaker, breaker. You got a yeah. copy <laughs> cigar. This is baking right. coming at you, Kamala. I don't know. It it sounds far fetched and unreasonable, but I I think that uh, you know that's kind of where we're gonna go back to. I mean, remember, I, I'm an '88 Mike. I'm a truck driver. Uh, I I used to every time we went somewhere for annual training, we all came in with our CBs and hooked CBs in our trucks, and that's how we communicated going down the road. Yeah. Now, there's better technology for us out there now. But not every truck has that in it. Right. So how do I communicate with people in a convoy while we're going down the road? Well, it's either cell phone or CB. Right. And if I'm operating a vehicle, it's much easier and less distracting to grab a CB mic and, hey, truck one, two, three, uh, this is what's going on up here compared to... Uh, hey, co-driver, I need you to text this person and tell them this. And, oh, well, I don't have their number. What's their number? Right. And what what have you? Yeah. No, and, and that's what I found is the uh, the military-issued uh, communication equipment isn't always reliable. And so you're stuck with, I need to text, call, communicate with the convoy commander some way and not always successfully because that particular individual needs to communicate with who I want over a group chat or some form of mass com. And by the time that message is relayed, we've missed our checkpoint or what have you. So, there, I think it needs to be a hybrid of modern communication and, and uh, say, for the millennial listeners, prehistoric communication. Yeah. I just think that maybe in preparation for something like this article to be expanded to drill weekends or whatever... I think we should start looking at old school. I mean, we still teach land navigation with a compass and a map, even though everybody can use a cell phone to get GPS coordinates and go right to where they want. Maybe we need to get back to training on old school communication. Just food for thought. No. Uh, so something as simple as loading the uh, government first uh, uh, communication equipment <clears throat> has kind of gone by the wayside, you know, and we don't all have the same skill set where, um, hey, I know I need to press these buttons to load and fill my radio. So, that that piece is being lost to the uh, younger generation. I, I don't necessarily want to even, like, I don't want to necessarily point it at the younger generation because I believe that the old generation has adapted to the point where we understand that there's an old way of communication that's very effective and works and gets the point across, but... 
instead of trying to teach new people those old ways, we just adapt and we use text messages or Facebook or whatever. Yeah. So rather teaching uh, new dog old tricks, we teach new dogs new tricks with existing technology, so to say. Or something like that. Something like that. Well, I'm kind of wondering if it's about time to wrap this up. I mean, I think we got two articles that uh, we had plenty of good conversation about. I think I think at least there's some room to think about. Points to ponder by Stephen yeah. Bacon. Yeah, like I said earlier, uh, change is something that we can't control, but it seems to be the one thing that we are the most afraid of. And I don't, I don't quite understand that. I feel like change just happens. I can't do anything about it except figure out how to make everything work with the changes. I believe change controls us. Oh yeah, Maybe. definitely. Point point of bacon to ponder looks like that's another mission completed a 30 mile check ride in the bag hit us up podcast efm at gmail.com or follow podcast efm on instagram thank you for listening until next time i'm sergeant bacon and i'm sergeant seagar as always eyes forward march time for some legal shit the views and opinions expressed right here on EFM are that of our own. They do not reflect those of Creative Brain Candy or their affiliates.